Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. I don't know if I should preach, shout, give an invitation. Do it all. Okay. Why not? Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 24. 1 John chapter 2. And in just a moment, we'll begin reading in verse 24. But I, I found a missionary story that really introduces what I want to say to you today. Uh, this was a career missionary of 17 years on the mission field. And he had gone through some pretty tough persecution and rejection. His enemies were growing in number, and they wanted to kill him, and he knew it. And then something happened, a real breakthrough. He led one of the leaders of the opposing religion in town to trust Jesus as personal Savior. And this was quite a victory. (laughs) This was a big deal. This leader was saved, and his whole family and a fairly large group of people around him were saved, And they were all baptized. And it was a wonderful event. It was truly a celebration. But as wonderful as this was, the missionary also knew that it would create some problems, that it would intensify the persecution, that it would get worse, and they would even want to take his life more than before. And I don't know if you've noticed, friends, but when we infiltrate the ranks of the world and start leading people to Christ, the world doesn't like it. And so this missionary thought that he might leave and take his ministry somewhere else. And this is his story now. This is what he said, not verbatim, I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he said that that night when he fell asleep, that very night when he fell asleep, that Jesus appeared to him in a vision and told him not to be afraid. That some might try to attack him, but no one would be able to harm him. They had in the past, but not at this time, because the Lord would be with him. Jesus made it clear that there were many more people in that place who were going to respond to the gospel and for him to stay put. Now, that's a pretty bold claim even for a missionary, isn't it? Jesus appeared to me. Jesus spoke to me. Jesus told me what to do. Now, that's what my message today is all about. My question is this. Do we really believe that God, that Jesus, and the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us and to talk to us about what we're doing about our daily activities, do I go, do I stay, what do I do in this particular situation? Do we really believe that God 
talks to his children and gives them direction personally for their own lives. Now, as we shall see in our text, this is something that John is actually talking about. Now, before we move on, I just want to tell you that I personally believe the story of the missionary. I believe it. And one of the reasons that I believe it is because his name was Paul. And I read the story in the 18th chapter of the book of Acts. That was his story. Isn't it amazing how quickly we are to believe something if we hear that it's out of the word, but if somebody else says it, we're not as quickly to believe it? That God spoke to them. By the way, he stayed where he was for a year and a half after he had the dream, and nobody was able to harm him, and he led many people to Christ. You can read about it in Acts, the 18th chapter. Now, let's read our text. 1 John 2.24 says, Therefore let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He has promised us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Now, there's nothing real complicated about these six verses that I've read. In the first two verses, verses 24 and 25, he says, stay with what you started with. And that's what we just entitled this. Stay with what you started with. In the beginning, you heard the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he's saying, stay with what you started with. Stay with the truth. And his encouragement to them to stay with the truth is this. If you stay with what you started with, you're staying with the one who promised you eternal life. And boy, that's a great incentive. And then... In verses 26 and 27 of our text, he says, stay with the anointing. There is an anointing within you. Stay with that anointing. Abide there. Set up camp there. Stay with the anointing. That anointing will teach you. That anointing will guide you. That anointing will keep you from the deceivers, the many deceivers who are trying to deceive you. And then he ends by saying this, stay with Christ himself. That's verses 28 and 29. Stay with Christ. And he says, if you stay with Christ, one day when he returns, one day when he splits that eastern sky and he returns, if you stay with Christ, if you walk with Christ, he said, one day when he appears, you will have confidence. Not in yourself, not in your ability, not in who you are, But you will have confidence because you've put your faith in Him. He says you will have confidence and you will not be ashamed. Put those together, and I know they're all overlapping, but it's a powerful passage of Scripture. Stay with what you started with. Stay with the truth you started with. Stay with the anointing that came into your heart when you were saved. And stay with Christ Himself. Now this morning, I want us to narrow our focus to just one verse, and it's 1 John 2, 27. And this is what it says. 
It says, but the anointing, that's an interesting word. We talked about it some last week. It means to be smeared with something or covered with something. My favorite definition is it means to be plastered with something, to be completely covered with it. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, see, they had already been taught by this anointing. He says, you will abide in him. Now, friends, this is noteworthy, so please listen up. And that is that John is talking to these churches. This is a message that will go into many different churches that he was the apostolic covering over. And so John is saying to them, you have an anointing. Notice that he's speaking to all of them, not some of them. He's not saying this. He's not saying, now some of you have received Christ and some of you have advanced in the faith and some of you are more spiritual and some of you have been anointed and I want to encourage the rest of you to seek after the anointing. That's not what it says, is it? That's not there. I've read it dozens of times. It doesn't say that. John says to all of them, I don't want you chasing after the anointing. I want you to come to the realization that when you met the blessed Lord Jesus Christ in salvation and the Holy Spirit came into you and you were saved, an anointing came into you. And I want you to be aware of the fact that you have an anointing in you. And I want to encourage you to use that anointing. Listen, we hear it all the time. I've said it, you've said it, and there's no reason we shouldn't keep saying it. But surely you've heard somebody say, wow, she's anointed. I don't know about you, but today, after this service, I might just say to somebody, that whole stage was anointed today. Wow. Wow. Every song was anointed. And then I kind of felt sorry for Catherine when she started to sing, because I'm thinking, how can it get any better? But it did. But it did. You see, the anointing was on the stage. You've heard it. I've said it. We've all said it. Boy, she's anointed. Boy, he's anointed. And we all know what that means. And it communicates the Spirit of God is all over somebody. The giftings, the power, the presence, the holiness of God is there. But listen to me. Biblically speaking, if you're a child of God, you're anointed. You're anointed. Did you know that Romans 8th chapter says that if you have not the Spirit, you are none of His? And friends, I challenge you, you cannot separate the Holy Spirit from the anointing. The Holy Spirit and the anointing are synonymous. And the Bible says if you have not the Spirit, you're none of His. If you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit came in when you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you are anointed. Say, I'm anointed. All right. You said that like you believed it. Praise the Lord. We, we, are, we are anointed. And it is absolutely amazing what he's teaching here in this situation. Now, what does that anointing do for us? And this is the part of the text that's so vitally important. We're going to keep looking at 1 John two twenty seven. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. See, it's in you. 
You don't have to go on a search. It's in you. You may not have ever recognized it. You may not have ever listened to it. You may not have even known it was there. By the way, why do you think John was telling them it was in them? Because they needed to be reminded that what? That it's in them. So why am I telling you today? Because you need to remind it, be reminded that it's in you. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. What does the anointing do? It teaches you. And what does it teach you? It teaches you everything you need to know concerning the faith. Now, by the way, God calls pastors and teachers, and He calls people to speak, and He calls us to teach others. But the bottom line is, if you're a child of God, you may go to a Bible study class, you may have several teachers that you sit under, you may listen to your pastor, but if you're a child of God, you have an anointing in you, and that anointing is your teacher. That anointing is what teaches you. That anointing is what confirms it. And that anointing is what makes it a part of your very DNA, your spiritual DNA. And so what does the Holy Spirit do? Teaches us. Now, if you back up to verse 20 in the same chapter, he says almost the same thing. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, these are some interesting statements. By the way, the same John who's writing First John, also wrote the Gospel of John. Listen to what he said in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, says, the whole, says it again, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now, the critics step in right here and they say, well, we can know that this isn't true because God doesn't teach you all things. Christians don't know everything. I mean, they'll say something like this. uh, Can you speak Swahili? Is Swahili a language? You spent time in Africa. Okay. Uh, Has the Holy Spirit taught you Swahili? Well, it hadn't told me. Well, that means he hadn't taught you everything. But what they don't understand is, if the Holy Spirit needs to teach you Swahili, he can teach you Swahili. Uh, uh, how can he do it? He could do it miraculously if he wanted to, but I doubt he would do that. Probably what he'd do is he'd bring an anointing upon you or let that anointing rise up within you and give you the mental ability to comprehend the language and learn it quickly so that you could be used effectively in that situation. The point is, is whatever you need and wherever you go, all things that you need, the Holy Spirit will be there teaching you and will be there helping you. It's a... It's a wonderful thing. Without a doubt, the Holy Spirit and the anointing are one and the same. And without a doubt, John is saying he wants wants to teach you this anointing. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you and guide you into all truth and to speak to you. Let me just give you one more verse. I've got, if you're interested, I'll give you more after the message. You can come up to me personally. But for the sake of time, John 16 13 through 15 says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, this is the Holy Spirit, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not, say it with me, speak on His own authority. So He's going to speak, right? But not on His own authority. But whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and 
declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. This is all about the Holy Spirit talking. When did we forget that the Spirit of God can talk? That he wants to communicate to us. That he wants to speak to us personally, individually, every day of our lives. Now, there are some real problems when it comes to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And most of them you already know, so I won't spend time on them. If you have sin in your life, that's going to create a problem, right? If you're in rebellion, that's going to create a problem. By the way, if you value the words of man above the words of God, that's going to create a problem, right? So there's all kinds of problems. So I'm not going to state the obvious, but I do want to give you a couple things that maybe you haven't thought about, at least consciously, but we do think about them. These are some obstacles to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. First is weirdos. Weirdos. Man, we got a lot of weirdos running around today saying God told me this and God told me that and God said this and God said that. I ran into somebody one time and every other word was God told me this and God told me that and it turned me off and and I I spent a long time not hearing from God at all because I didn't want to be like Him. And, And so we have weirdos running around saying God told me this and God said that and and I, I call them cornflakes and fruitcakes. <laughs> Have you ever heard the expression, somebody's as nutty as a fruitcake? We've all run into them. We've all heard them. If not in person, we've seen them on television. Now, one of the obstacles from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is we see a lot of people who are flakes and nuts. And we hear them speak and none of us want to be like them. We don't want to be like them. And we shouldn't be like them. Twice in my life, I've had somebody to walk up to me face to face. I'm talking face to face and say, Pastor Jones, I want to tell you that I am Jesus Christ. That I am Jesus Christ reincarnate in this century and I've come to talk to you. Now, folks, that's just weird. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of reasons I could tell you why I know both of them were not Jesus Christ. But I don't have to go with just the things that happened in their own lives. I could know that that's not Jesus Christ because I know the Bible. And the Bible tells me how to know. And I can be absolutely positively sure that neither one of them were Jesus Christ. So I know you're comforted today to understand That when I was confronted with somebody who told me they were Jesus Christ, I did not believe them. Aren't you glad? But listen to me. I'm about to share something with you now. I did not believe that either one of those individuals were Jesus Christ, but I didn't stop believing in the real Jesus because I was face to face with a counterfeit. You see, friends... There are a lot of counterfeits. There are a lot of phonies. There are a lot of flakes. There are a lot of nuts out there. 
And the enemy will use every one of them to keep you from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit if you will allow him. Now, here's a little safeguard, and I'll hit this very quickly because you need to hear this. And that is that the same Holy Spirit that came into you at the moment of salvation, the same anointing that abides in you is the same anointing that inspired every biblical writer. What that means is, is the one who wrote the Bible is the one who abides in you. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit in you that wants to speak to you, tutor you, lead you, and guide you. That same Holy Spirit that's in you is the same Holy Spirit that wrote every word of the Bible. Which means that the Holy Spirit will never speak anything to you that's contrary to what He's already spoken that's been written in the Word of God. Yes? Make sense? And if you doubt yourself, then you need a good accountability partner. By the way, oftentimes I doubt myself. I have a witness right on the front row. There's hardly a week of my life that goes by that I don't pick up the phone, call Charles Watley, and I'll say, Charles, I believe I've heard from the Lord. Does this line up with the Word of God? And most of the time, Charles says, yes. Every now and then he says, no. Because we, we can get so fixed on something that that we get deceived, and when he says no, then I have to go back to the Word, and I have to keep working, and I have to make sure that the Word I'm hearing lines up. So there is a safeguard there. Now, weirdos will keep us, and by the way, listen to this, theologians will sometimes keep us from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not all of them. There are many, many good, great, wonderful theologians, but some of them would have us to believe that when the Bible was finished and completed, that God stopped talking to anybody personally. The problem with that is there's not one verse in the Bible that would back that up. And we find hundreds of verses in the Bible that tell us that God wants to talk to each of us personally and guide us personally. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will what? Direct your path. In all your ways? Every little way? Every decision? Uh, uh, Another passage of Scripture says if you're in a situation and you lack wisdom and you don't know what to do, let Him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. And it will be granted to him. You, you, you see, in all of our ways, we're, we're, we're to do this. I, I tell you, it gets absolutely positively exciting. I, I would give anything, and I've really felt in my heart that this would be a life-changing message for some of you here today. And you're going to get excited if you'll receive this message. If you'll start believing that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you personally, it'll never contradict the Word of God. But the Holy Spirit will begin to work in your life and do things that you, when it's happening, after it's happening, you'll go, wow, wow, what a mighty God. Uh, most of you have heard this story, and it's not the last time you'll hear it either, so enjoy it if you can. But some years ago, my wife and I were in Columbia. We were both praying for people. I'd prayed for dozens and dozens of people, no exaggeration. I, I'm, I'm serious. I, I, the prayer line that was lined up for me to pray for them was as long as this building. And one little teenage girl walked up, and when she did, I kind of cringed because she was disfigured. She had uh, big white uh, spots all over her arms and her neck and her face. And, and I, I reluctantly said, Honey, what do you want me to pray for? And the translator fired it at her, and she said, I'm, I want God to heal me. She, she said, and of course, those are translator between us, said these spots, I've had them for five years. People laugh at me and they make fun of me. I've had these spots, and she says, this is what she said. She said, would you pray for God to heal me? I said, absolutely. 
I laid my hands on her, and I began, Dear Lord Jesus, and the translator was firing right behind me, and friends, in the loud, I think maybe the loudest voice I've ever heard from the Lord, the Lord said, Stop. She has unforgiveness in her heart. And I just stopped. And the translator looked at me, and I said, She has unforgiveness in her heart. And God's not going to heal her until this unforgiveness is taken care of. And she said, and, and so he says that to her. He says, do you have unforgiveness in your heart? And she does like this. And I said, ask her if she's sure. Is there anybody that you have unforgiveness for? And she did like this. So I put my hands back on her and I stopped. And the Holy Spirit said, are you going to believe her? Are you going to believe me? And I stopped and I looked back at the translator and I said, she's not telling the truth. She has unforgiveness in her heart. And he looked at her and he said, tell me, do you have unforgiveness in your heart? And she said, no. And I did this in a loud voice. I pointed my finger in her face, knowing she couldn't understand a word of English. And I said, tell me the truth. And he fired right behind me and she broke down and she started weeping. And she cried and sobbed and bent over. And then she, when she finally could talk, she told the interpreter... She told the interpreter a story about how somebody had violated her and hurt her and that she had never been able to forgive them. And it was something that was just tearing her up inside. And I looked at her and I said, honey, God spoke. By the way, when God guides, he provides. When God speaks, he's getting ready to do something. And I looked at her and I said, honey, do you want to be healed? And she said, yes. And I said, then you're going to have to forgive that person who hurt you, whether they deserve it or not. And we led her in a prayer and she prayed to receive, I mean, she prayed for forgiveness and we just lavished. I didn't even know the situation. We just lavished forgiveness on that person. And, And then after that, I prayed a little short prayer. Father, we've been obedient. Now today, heal her. She moved on. I prayed for dozens of more people. But that one had such an impression upon me, I went home and journaled it. I wrote it all out so that I would know and remember Five days later, her mother goes in to wake her up, and her mother screams when she looks at her skin. And she said, what happened? She jumps up, runs to the mirror, and all the spots are gone. Every one of them are gone. And she stands in front of the mirror, and she cries. The next time I saw her, she wrapped her arms around me and hugged me and kissed me on the cheek. And and she thought I was like the greatest thing in the world. But it wasn't me. I was a messenger who had heard a voice from our teacher who wanted to do a work in her life. And I want to tell you, I am not exaggerating. In fact, I have put a picture of her up before. She looked like an angel. Her skin was the most beautiful skin I think I've ever seen in my life. Why did the Holy Spirit speak to me? Now listen, I love the Word of God. And without it, we're lost and nothing can contradict it. But there are times when God wants to speak to you personally and it's not chapter and verse out of God's Word. Why did God speak to me? Because God loved her and God wanted to heal her, but she needed a word from God before that healing could take place. I think that's one reason. The other reason is, is I think the Lord knew me. He knew I'd never stop telling the story. just my nature. God knew I'd never stop telling that story. And God knew that I'd keep echoing that truth that if you want God to touch you, if you want God to heal you, if you want the power of God on your life, then you have to forgive those who have hurt you. Friends, that's a word from God and it lines up with the word of God. 
In 2008, I woke up one morning, I was praying. I don't even remember what I was praying about, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you out of the stock market. I'm not making this up. There are people who don't believe what I'm about to tell you. But the Lord said, I want you out of the stock market. I'd learned how to trade stocks online. I used my laptop. I bought and sold stock. It's a lot like going to Las Vegas. I don't recommend it. But I didn't have a lot of money on the stock market, but I like to buy and sell. And I woke up that morning and the Holy Spirit said, I want you out of the stock market. And it didn't even dawn on me what was about to happen. All I thought was I'm being disobedient. I'm paying too much attention to this. I'm spending too much time. The Holy Spirit said, I want you out of the stock market, even if you have to sell at a loss. Within 30 minutes, I got on my laptop. I sold every stock I had. I went to a cash position. I closed my computer and I said, I've been obedient. Now I'm going to go about the work of the Lord. The next day, the stock market crashed. And I didn't lose a penny. By the way, I shared, I shared that story. You're going to love this. I shared that story. And a guy called me a couple years after that. And he said, Pastor, what do you think the stock market's going to do? <laughs> I said, I don't have a clue. Why would you ask me? He said, do you remember that story you told? He said, I, I just want to find out. You think I should stay in or get out? I said, man, I don't have a clue. It wasn't like I got presumptuous and thought, okay, I'm going to start using this as a trading strategy. I'm going to get back in when God tells me to get in and get out and get in and get out under the leadership. of the... I think I'd have lost everything. That's presumptuous on my part. I told him, I don't have a clue what it's going to do. Are you hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit? Are you? Oh, friends... Amazing things, miraculous things, supernatural things will begin to happen in your life. You talk about excitement, start hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. It will not make a flake out of you. (laughs) It'll create more stability in your Christian life than you ever dreamed of. And it'll open doors like you've never dreamed of. I don't know about you, some people sing in the shower and... And, and I do sing in the shower. In fact, I have complete worship services when I'm in the shower. I sing and pray and preach. I, I mean, I carry on. So I'm really, my wife will come in sometimes. She'll say, who are you talking to? I, I mean, I'm, I was in the shower. <clears throat> I was singing and then I started praying. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Ronnie Serber is ready Some of you remember Ronnie. He was a state trooper in Wakula County. Ronnie was a dear friend of mine. I'd been witnessing to him, and the Holy Spirit said, Ronnie Serber is ready, ready to make that decision. And friends, I jumped out of the shower, grabbed a towel, dried off, put my clothes on, and I hollered at Beth. I said, let's go. Ronnie's ready. She said, did he call? I said, no. No. I can't explain these things. And there'll come a day in your life when you won't be able to explain it either. But we jumped in the car. We went straight to his house. And when I knocked on the door, Ronnie Serber was sitting at the kitchen table with his Bible open. And I said, Ronnie, I said, uh, I've come to tell you how to be saved. And so help me. These are the words he said. He said, I've been waiting on you. I said, did you know I was coming? He said, no, but I've been waiting on you. And that day at his table, he prayed to receive Jesus into his heart. And I'm going to tell you, from that day until the day he went home to glory, Ronnie Serber never stopped serving Jesus. 
He led people to Christ. He led four people to the Lord before he was baptized and he came to me. He said, he said, have I done something wrong? Should you wait until after you're baptized before you start sharing? I said, no, Ronnie, you're all right, buddy. Just keep doing it. Keep, keep doing it. Love the Lord. Oh, friends, God wants to use you. There is an anointing within you that has been in you since the day you trusted Jesus Christ as your blessed Lord and Savior. There's an anointing in you, and it's the same anointing that inspired the Bible to be written. It's the same anointing that was with the Father when He created the world in the beginning. It's the same anointing that knows all things and is there to lead you every step of the way when you need Him. Are you hearing the voice of that anointing? Listen, Jesus said, My sheep know me, and they hear my voice, and they follow me. Eight times the Bible says, He that has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the churches. Somebody's going to say to me surely today, Pastor, I'm not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't think he's speaking to me. Trust me, friends. He is speaking. The question is, do you have an ear to hear? I believe John wrote those words and delivered them to the early church, and I believe they were recorded in the Word of God so that preachers generation after generation could say to people, stay with the anointing, abide in the anointing, and it will teach you what you need to know. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day. Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.